Hello and welcome back to the 55th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptive Podcast. Host Ben and Leon, and of course we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as always. Hey everybody. Alrighty, so today guys we have a really, really nice episode, well not nice, but really dope, interesting episode <laughs> talking about um, how the different levels of government have come across with mixed messages of uh, what to do in response to this coronavirus crisis. Do we open now? Do we open our country later? Do we do it all together as a country like Italy and like Spain, like all these other places? Or do we do it uh, regionally like other places have also tried to do? Uh, and in some cases, it didn't always turn out the best. So we're going to go ahead and uh, talk about that in this episode. So without further ado, I'll let Ashley take it away and oh. uh, <laughs> and give a little um, a little update on like how everything has kind of transpired uh, up until now and the kind of responses we're seeing not only from the federal government about one and prioritizing kind of like the economy over people's lives, <laughs> unfortunately, um, but uh, they are taking that kind of uh, positioning in terms of, uh, as opposed to the most of the Democrats and the representatives of that party. So uh, go ahead and take it away. Let, let's see what uh, we have for that update. Um, well, as a lot of you guys probably know, the Trump administration came out with this press conference a few days ago, I wanna say maybe five-ish days ago, um, maybe a week max, where they discussed reopening the country. So they kind of just are um, giving this uh, spreadsheet, if you will, of how states should reopen their state should they decide to do that. Um, and there's phases of this. And actually, I think it, it's, I, I would sort of agree with how they're, how they're suggesting to do things. I'm not agreeing with necessarily doing it now, but the biggest thing is allowing people to go back to work, but in phases. So trying to tell, um, um, owners of companies like larger corporations like only have a percentage of your staff come back at a time um, but they want to try to open um, other other types of businesses like restaurants again and bars um, maybe with more social distancing guidelines but anyways so he has kind of come out and said that he is that he's praising certain states for reopening um, or saying that they want to reopen soon but then on the flip side, he's also telling some people that the types of businesses they want to open um, are not, uh, or don't align with these phases or what have you. So he's kind of like picking and choosing who, um, which governors he's siding with in this whole thing. Um, and then just, I think it was today, I was reading an article on Bloomberg and um, Trump is like, getting out there, traveling again, trying to show the country that we're ready to reopen and the economy is back in business. And he says he wants to get back in the campaign trail, uh, which I kind of find amusing, seeing as the CDC said in the winter, we're going to have a second wave of this coronavirus, So, um, which is very close to the election, right? Winter. <laughs> so that's like the gist of Absolutely. So uh, what's really interesting um, and to note is that um, especially out of the response from the federal government and especially the White House and Trump's, Trump's administration is that he is 
and has been pretty partisan, um, surprisingly, uh, in this coronavirus crisis and his response to that. I mean, uh, well, there's been reports that he doesn't, uh, he has told Mike Pence not to call uh, the, uh, the governor of Michigan, uh, Democratic Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, um, and he calls her, uh, don't call that lady uh, in Michigan or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just extremely disheartening to see the president, the, the commander in chief, someone that's supposed to be like the leader of us all and the president for everybody and not just Republicans or Democrats or whatever, um, kind of take that position. Uh, it's extremely disheartening to see him, uh, as him and his party, the Republican party prioritize the economy over the lives of their constituents. And we're seeing yeah. this time again. We've seen this in Texas. We're seeing this in Louisiana. We're seeing this in Alabama. We're seeing this, uh, of course, on the federal government. Um, we, we are seeing this from basically all of the Republican uh, states mm -hmm. that, are, that, are, um, that are in control of those states, um, at least the governor, governor, so, uh, governor wise. So, I mean, if you can remember very shortly, um, one of the very few remaining states that didn't want to um, implement any kind of stay-at-homers, which was Florida. Uh, and of course, we all know Ron DeSantis, which is the governor of Florida, uh, current governor. He was a huge Trump supporter uh, when he was running. I, I mean, he is. Uh, he still is. But uh, especially when he was running for, the, for his office in Florida, uh, he definitely drank the Kool-Aid and uh, uh, did everything he could to get the Trump's endorsement. Uh, and, and it worked. He got elected. I mean, yeah, it did work. But I mean, at the same time, like, his connection to the president see is like making him look super bad right now at the same time as well, because mm -hmm. like he was one of the last Republican governors to hold out uh, and one of the most populous States. And one of the States that literally has like millions of old people, uh, you know, like everyone goes to the South and specifically to Florida to retire and die. Um, and <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm assuming these people did not assume to, to that they wanted to go there to, to get old and die or whatever and the sun and whatnot um by coronavirus uh, i'm assuming they yeah. did not want that uh, and your republican representatives your republican governor and your republican presidents are leading you all there not to say that the democrats are necessarily better uh fundamentally but at least with this the democrats are responding with science facts and operating based on those types of objectives rather than anything else rather yeah. than <laughs> Uh, putting the the long term the short term profits over the the lives of the millions of Americans that this is affecting. Yeah, well, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but recently Florida has actually reopened their beaches, yeah. which was <laughs> which was the biggest issue at first. They closed. They started doing stay-at-home orders, but weren't closing their beaches. Or when they did close their beaches, they weren't enforcing it. Um, I literally saw a video of one of those um, big, like, signs that people have out in front of um, businesses, and they were all over the beach, and it said, like, beaches closed. And I watched this video of people walking right by the sign. So, and now they're open again. Yeah, I remember, I, I totally forgot about that, but you just reminded me, and it's <laughs> uh, so funny, so funny that you bring that up, because... I remember seeing like images uh, that were on that article that I read about how them, them opening the beaches back up in Florida, like all, all these people like flocked to the beaches on the first day that they were 
announced to be open again. Like I saw yeah. the images and these people were not six feet away from each other. I mean, granted there were- It's there impossible. Were, <laughs> granted there were some police officers uh, around uh, to try to kind of separate people and enforce those um, policies or procedures or whatnot. But I mean, they failed. Uh, and I'm assuming they're going to fail pretty miserably because I mean, they just don't have the manpower it takes to kind of to enforce those kind of rules. Um, so they should have cut their losses and not <clears throat> even taken a chance of that happening. I mean, you're a Florida dude. Like what do you think is going to happen when you uh, let people go back to the beaches and say, it's okay. They're going to go back. Yeah. Everyone's bored yeah. out of their fucking minds. That's the reason you why you're, why we have people in government so that they can help people make, informed decisions when uh the going gets tough you know sometimes you need somebody to be there and say i know you really want to do this but it's not the best idea and they're saying oh it's fine mm -hmm. but i did want to bring something up that i totally forgot to mention um when we were talking earlier about this but i tweeted about it on the podcast yesterday the podcast tweet twitter account yesterday uh I'm still new to Twitter, guys. Um, so <laughs> anyways, it uh, was an article um, from uh, Bloomberg also, Bloomberg.com. And it's talking about how the U.S. Attorney General Barr want, says that he wants to take legal action against governors who are pushing too, stri too um, stringent of policies for their stay-at-home orders, um, like fining people or um, keeping their state closed for quote unquote too long. Um, what? Like literally, I think that's what I wrote. Like what the actual, I don't get it. Are you serious? I mean, you, you, I don't, how can you say that a governor who's trying to make a life-saving decision is going to get in trouble legally, um, which by the way is, I don't think he has any type of legal ability to do anything. Um, the government, that's the whole point of the government being separate from the states. They cannot make those types of decisions. <laughs> that's for the states to decide. Mm -hmm. I don't think you would have anything um, in court. <laughs> actually, you're 100% right about that. And then what's actually really interesting, and then I want to kind of uh, piggyback up what you just said, um, by saying that Donald Trump actually, very recently, within the last like week or so, I'm pretty sure, he said that um, he was going to... Uh, uh, he was, he had the ultimate authority to shut down the entire country if he so wanted. So he took mm -hmm. like a kind of an authoritarian, authoritarian. approach uh, <laughs> to this. And he thought he was like the badass king, like, oh shit, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like you guys can't do anything about it. Like absolutely, absolutely not. You're a hundred percent wrong about that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like, he's, that's him kind of like taking on his like the grandiose, like big, ego egomaniac that trump is uh to a different level uh and we're kind of holding the power that he has over our lives uh and kind of dangling in front of us like he like as if he can which is a inaccurately <laughs> inaccurately <laughs> inaccurately <laughs> so um and then it's not like he he even wanted this from the beginning and the, from the very beginning he has been pushing this off onto the states he has not wanted this decision to be solely on his shoulders. So he was like, okay, he took the old Republican approach. All right, guys, go ahead. Every state can make their own decision. And he thought he was going to be all safe there. But guess what? He, like he said last week, uh, he's like, oh, I can shut everything down if I want to. No, you fucking can't. 
dude's fooling <laughs> himself, dude, and I fucking hate it. And he's costing people's lives. And it, not to mention the disinformation that he's spreading with that uh, that weird drug. I don't even know how to say it. Like, do you know? Yes. Orofolene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he's been telling people, and I, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes, like on his Facebook and him talking. Uh, not, I mean, on his Twitter, um, talking about how and promoting how this <clears throat> drug that isn't really safe um, and has only been proven to kind of treat malaria. I was going to say, yeah, it's not even proven scientifically mm-hmm. to even do anything for coronavirus. And then there have been reports since he has been talking about that, that people have been trying this drug since um, COVID-19 kind of started and getting big. And people have actually died based on the president's recommendations to take this drug. Um, I mean, granted, these people did not know 100% what they were doing um, when they did it. And the president did not hold the gun to their head. And so, like, okay, you guys have to take this, right? Everyone kind of had their own free will. But at the same time, you are the president of the United States. You have, uh, you're supposed <laughs> to have a lot of authority. Um, mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be right and not spread disinformation, which is why several news out news outlets stopped covering Donald Trump's uh, press coronavirus press conferences live because this dude was lying about a lot of things and they had to fact check this shit. So like, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like it's gotta be a godsend, a a godsend that, I mean, if Joe Biden can be Donald Trump, then like, well, I I doubt he will be, but I mean, if he does, like, I don't even know, dude. I don't know, I don't know what other, I don't know if we would necessarily be in a better state. I mean, is that sad to I say? Mean, Joe Biden, I mean, that's not necessarily 100% wrong either. <laughs> Joe Biden has fucking said that, okay, if you bring me the uh, Medicare for All bill and it's, it's 100% passed by Congress, by everybody that needs to be signed, uh, just his signature alone can do this. He's, he would say, he has said in the past that he would not do it. Very recently, yeah. he said he would not sign Medicare for all based on what, based on the cost. But as we all yeah. know, and as Americans have found out very recently, if you didn't already know, is that the the argument that the government doesn't have enough money is complete bullshit. Bullshit. And let me tell you why, if you don't already know. <laughs> why? Because we have seen the government and these past, uh, we, uh, weeks and the last month or so responding in an extremely detrimental way to the majority of Americans and really only to the benefit, uh, especially financially, uh, for the wealthiest and the oligarchs among us uh, mm-hmm. and the biggest and most wealthy um, uh, corporations and companies or whatnot. And it, it, it's just a travesty to see what's going on and how much money they're putting into big business while at the same time they're letting the USPS fail. They're not covering, um, they're not covering healthcare for everybody that's getting COVID-19. They're only giving us a $1,200 payment while at the same time giving over uh, $10 trillion to the biggest banks on wall street um, and the largest corporations in the country. Like, what do you guys, what more do you guys want to see? Yeah. What, what, well, I don't the care. USPS example is like the most prime example. I mean, this is supposed to be a federally funded uh, business and they're completely letting it just go. Um, 
which is going to displace a lot of workers and not to mention their benefits there. We were talking about this earlier, people who are going to be retiring or losing their pensions. I mean, it's in comparison to the people who he is giving the money to. I mean, it's an absolute travesty that he's, that the government is siding with people who already have millions and billions and billions and billions of dollars in comparison to average workers who work for the federal government, for the USPS. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And what's even sadder is that they're, le they're letting them go for, uh, for profit. They're letting them go because they, they want them to, to become bankrupt so that the private corporations can take over the take USPS over. Mm -hmm. and uh, start make, or privatize it. But as we all know, like how, when you use UP, USPS, like this is a people's service. Like this is like, if I use, I personally use this a lot. I use the USPS a lot and they have the best prices around. They oftentimes beat out USPS, FedEx for the cheapest shipping for what I want to do. And I mean, this is just like a common basic service that every country should have. And the Republicans yeah. and the president is willing to let it go in the name of privatization and the name of profit, corporate profits over the, the well-being, the livelihood <clears throat> and whatnot of the employees uh, that work for the USPS. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Absolutely. Horrible, horrible thing to do. Horrible thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that this is a, a great place to end it. Um, I hope you guys learned a lot in this episode. Um, I hope Ashley and I kind of gave you a good insight into what the government is actually like in doing against you and how they do that. Um, and if you don't follow along in every little step, it's kind of hard to kind of put the pieces together. But as you watch and you follow along and you kind of get a gist of like what's going on, it's clear as day. It's as clear as day that you realize like what these people are doing. And it's absolutely horrible, which is why this podcast exists. We need to uh, awaken and uh, enlighten the people that are not aware of everything that their government does and how they work against you. So Definitely. thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, and Ashley and I will see you next time. Bye. I mean, these are troubling times, but of course we will keep our audience updated. But I think this is a great place to wrap up. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and to this podcast. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So please give us a five-star rating on um, Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Yes. And tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dog, tell your cats. <laughs> uh, tell everybody about uh, your new progressive podcast that you're listening to with your homies, Bennett and Ashley, who update you on the latest and greatest in the news, um, which we are happy to do. Of course, follow us also on Facebook at The Oligarchy Disruptor. You can follow us on Twitter at Ben the Disruptor and Ashley at Ash the Disruptor. Absolutely. And also, guys, please do not forget to vote. I know with all this coronavirus shit, it's very easy to forget what's going on right now. But um, or 
what I mean is like the election and stuff that's also going on simultaneously in the background. But over half the nation has not cast their vote yet. So it is very important that you vote in the primaries up until the general election, which we will go to face Donald Trump. So I'll leave it to the queen of voting to give you her spiel about (laughs) that. So I'll go ahead, Ash. All right, everybody. Yes, don't forget to vote. Um, If you do not know where your polling place is, perfect website. It's called yourfuckingpollingplace.com. And it's very simple. Just type in your address, press OK, and your polling place will show up um, in the times that they're open. Again, that's yourfuckingpollingplace.com. And then, um, oh yeah, any questions you have about voting, so what your registration status is, um, if you can same day register to vote. I think a lot of states, um, actually I'm not going to say that because I'm not totally sure about how um, states are. I know in Illinois they stopped voter registration online quite a few weeks before the actual um, election, but a lot of states have same day registration. Um, if you aren't really sure what else is going to be on your ballot, there's also a little section for you to see what's on your ballot. And this website is called rockthevote.org. Super awesome. And there's lots of questions. Uh, that's rockthevote.org. Don't forget to vote, guys. All right, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So we will leave it there. Thank you once again, and we will see you next time.